Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Small Worlds Podcast. My name's Corey O'Flanagan. And my name's Leanne Davidson. And today's episode is brought to you by Drift. Drift. Try and make your travel more rewarding. I am, because I just left my car with Drift for the next seven months as we travel through Southeast Asia, India, Nepal, all sorts of places. And these guys are actively trying to rent my car and make me money. Which means our travels may be partially paid for. You can go bring your car to them, park it at the airport. If they get it rented for you, you're going to make money while you're traveling. And at the very worst, they're going to clean it up for you and you're going to get a free shuttle to and from the airport. Yep. Check them out at drivedrift.com. That's D-R-I-V-E-D-R-I-F-T.com to book your spot or borrow a car for your next trip. Today we got to talk to Amanda and Ryan, aka The World Wonders. These guys are podcasters, blog writers, just digital nomads currently residing in Guadalajara, Mexico. Lucky, lucky them. Yeah, uh, they were great to talk to. We discovered them as we were researching travel podcasts while we were putting ours together. Thought they were doing some cool stuff, so we reached out and uh, they were nice enough to give us some time and have a lovely conversation with us. So introducing Amanda and Ryan. Um, Amanda and Ryan, Amanda, why don't you just tell me a little bit about you all and uh, just your story. And what I'm really curious about initially is where'd the travel bug come from? Is this something that is you guys have from your family? Did your parents do this kind of thing, your friends, or did you guys just kind of fall into this? Yeah, for sure. So uh, we're Amanda and Ryan. Thank you so much for having us. We're excited to be here. And your your podcast is awesome. So we're really excited to be guests on your show. Likewise. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I won't speak for Ryan. But for me, I got the travel bug when I was pretty young. I have memories of being like an early teenager. We would get these books and I would start going through and like you know, tagging pages and stuff for different places that I wanted to stay and help my parents choose a place for our, you know, annual family trip. And that's kind of how I started traveling. It was like going to all-inclusive resorts in Mexico or going to Disney World, nothing that was super adventurous, but Mm -hmm. it was definitely different than, you know, my little small town life in Alberta, Canada. And it wasn't really until... I guess my first year of university, I went on a backpacking trip to Europe with two girlfriends that I lived with at the time and had this like incredible teenage experience of just like being in Europe. (laughs) And I was like, okay, yeah, this is like way better than going on all inclusive trips with my parents. How long was that? How long did that trip last? It was like three weeks. (laughs) I think I may have died if it was any longer. (laughs) How old were you at this point? Uh, 19. 19 oh wow but you had a lot of fun (laughs) yeah yeah it was it was a little rowdy but yeah and then it was Ryan and I started dating shortly after that and then Mm -hmm. he also wanted to travel and we kind of just started talking about you know after university before we get big kid jobs and settle down into our regular life like we have to go experience the world a little bit and that was really the point where it was like okay now we can't stop doing this yeah it's crazy once you get the bug you just can't stop can you (laughs) Yeah, and for me, it was kind of somewhat similar. I grew up in a pretty small town in southern central British Columbia. And it's one of like, it's a beautiful place, beautiful place mm-hmm. to be, especially in the summer. But for me, it felt really like one of those places where you just always know that you're going to leave. And maybe that's something that's just kind of like you mm-hmm. inherit. But I just 
from you know as soon as I can remember I remember just wanting to go places and knew that the world was elsewhere um, so the option to go to university came I yeah. left and then even from there that feeling has never really gone away it's always been there that idea of like oh, I want to go see new things and explore new places and so when we did that first six-month backpacking trip um, I really just felt this feeling of feeling alive, like seeing new places and mm -hmm. waking up each day with nothing but like options in terms of what you can do and what you can see. And I think that was just it for me, just kind of got hooked. In Canada, it's a little bit more common than it is in the States, but still definitely not the same culture as in like Europe or Australia to do a long trip like that. Uh, and people being like, oh yeah, you'll get like all your, you know, the travel bug out of your system. You'll be able to see the things you want to do and then settle down into normal life. Ha. And that definitely has not been the case. Uh, it has never gone away. And I can say that because I think out of the four of us here, I'm probably the elder statesman at a ripe 36, <laughs> feeling 20. Maybe. But I, um, I, I can tell you that after 10 years of career, that, that voice, that bug, it just hasn't left me. And that's really what has gotten us to this point is, Last July or two Julys ago, July 2018, it kind of just that voice started getting louder in my head, and then I was just kind of looking for a catalyst. And then, then in January, I was and in I Whistler, and <laughs> Leanne, Leanne popped into the, my life, and uh, we spent the next few months just talking and getting to know each other. And then it's just kind of progressed to let's do this podcast, and then let's do let's just keep on trying to travel as long and as much as we can because it just doesn't go away. So you got to scratch the itch. You just have to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think we can both relate to that for sure. And I think too, something as well that really struck me when we got back from our first backpacking trip is we, you know, got our first apartment together and we were living, we we're living in Calgary and we both had kind of like, I call them big kid jobs now, but we were working like corporate jobs. And mm -hmm. I just remember being like, this can't be it. Like this can't be what I'm just yeah. going to do until I'm like 65 and everyone's like, there needs to be more. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's like, you know, just work your job and then you'll get your pension and then you can travel then and you can experience the world. And I was like, but why would I do that then? Like, you know, I was 22 at that point. Yeah. I want to go skydiving. I yeah. want to hike. I want to, yeah, I'm the same. So then I'm kind of curious, like you guys have this unique story that you've kind of progressed together since college it sounded like from reading it you went on this trip to southeast asia together i believe correct me if i'm wrong there yeah no that, that's basically the timeline so right now we graduated university in 2011 and right after that we had kind of saved up during that time to be able to afford to go on a big trip so we spent six months actually right after college and we went to europe for three months and then southeast asia and then australia and new zealand and it was kind of that like stereotypical first time traveling where you're like going everywhere like going so fast so many places trying to cross like everything off and then eventually realizing that you need to slow down yeah we did six months like that came back to calgary alberta which is where we went to school and both got corporate jobs and we were there for actually two years but those two years felt like an eternity I think. <laughs> kind of just like fell i think had this vision of life and this experience traveling that wasn't lining up with what our lives were like at home. It was, you know, making lots of money, but going out for drinks with friends, just somehow finding a way to spend all of that money. Yeah. So true. Just kind of getting into a funk. I think both of us just over time between all, lots of stuff in our life, just kind of got into a funk. And eventually we were like, we were always thinking of going traveling again, but eventually we were like, we need to do this. So 
we quit our jobs, we kind of yeah. sold our stuff, moved out of our apartment, and went to South America for six months. And during that time was really when we were like, we can't go back to the way things were before. We need to do something new. We need to stop this kind of pendulum swinging and yeah. just try to like forge a life for us that's different. And so coming back, we actually decided yeah. to move uh, to a mountain town outside of Calgary and just kind of quit our careers at that point and try to start something new, which is when we started the podcast. And yeah, that next phase of our life started. Such a great thing too, because I think podcasts kind of came into my world roughly around 2012. And then I didn't really, they just kind of progressed. And I, now I listen to so many. And, um, but it's, I'm just so impressed that you guys were like there in 2014 with this idea of a travel podcast. I just really love that you guys were such early pioneers into that. Thanks. That's definitely all Ryan. He was like, while we were in South America, <laughs> he was like, we should start a podcast. What do we know about? And I was like, I don't know. I guess we've traveled a little bit. Like, and I was so like, oh, you can't just start a podcast. Like, who are we to do that? And he's like, no, but you can. That's the great thing about it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. It's like the most liberating <laughs> thing. Like, honestly, it's like you can literally have put anything out there that you want, whether people listen or not, that's up to them. You just do what makes you happy. And it's been this very freeing thing that I think we keep discovering as we do it of like, it's almost like this therapeutic thing that happens when we have these types of conversations with people like you or anybody where you get done with it and you're like, oh my God, that was That's just good. like a release. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I can definitely relate to that. It's, I just feel like being able to be a podcast host is such a gift and it's also like something that anyone can do, which is so cool. And then you don't have regulations. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we both have travel podcasts yet they're completely different and that's one of the, the things that I really love about it is that there's just so much freedom within it and you can choose who you want to talk to and what you want to talk about. And then you have these amazing conversations, you know, with people like yourselves and you just leave feeling so inspired, which is amazing. Yeah. And everything can kind of cater to everyone. Yeah. And for us, it kind of connects really, for us, it really connected to travel as well, because one of the things we really loved about those longer travel experiences was the, the new friends we were making, the connections and we were staying in hostels a lot. So just these amazing conversations you'd have with people and something like a little bit different when you're, yeah. you know, at home talking with your friends, like going out on a Friday after a work week that neither of you really enjoyed that much uh, versus like being, you know, yeah. talking to people who have been traveling for a while and seeing new stuff. I feel like you get so much, you connect quicker, you get to a deeper level really quick. Yeah. yeah. Well, everyone's done something very different, haven't they? So it's, um, out of the regular routine it's oh wow you did this yesterday and you did this and it's just all very it's more adventurous more um you, you want to hear about it and you're like oh maybe i could go do that oh that sounds good i'm gonna go there and do that as well yeah, and, and so for us it was like coming back was kind of a way to keep that going um it was like oh we can keep having these similar type conversations mm -hmm. and keep talking to new people and kind of use it as a way to to meet people that we wouldn't have a context to meet otherwise um and yeah, that was really the motivation for it. So um, professionally, obviously you've been doing this for so long now, for, so for five years, were there any really challenging parts um, to creating your podcast or, you know, your blogs, I've been reading your blogs, which I really enjoy. Um, are there any real milestones and any real challenges? So moments you thought, wow, damn, this is a lot harder than I thought it would be. Yeah, definitely. I think one of them is kind of, we were talking about this before we actually started officially recording and it's 
when you're traveling around the world, it's figuring out like what equipment you need and trying to hack something together so the audio sounds good. We've definitely had moments where we're like, yeah. this audio is not professional quality. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, we've had that as well. Like, <laughs> we kind of go with the fuck it, let's just put it yeah, out there mentality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our mentality is like better out than perfect. It's never going to be perfect. Like we're not striving to be exactly. that type of podcast, but at the same time, it's also like yeah. we yeah. don't want our listeners to turn it off because they're like, what on earth is this audio quality? Because it's <laughs> <so bad. laughs> yeah. Yeah, always that balance of that and you know we've had moments too we used to do our show every week and we changed it to uh bi-weekly mm -hmm. so every two weeks because we just yeah. found that it would be like wednesday night it was supposed to go out on thursdays and we're like we don't have an episode and then it became like a little bit less fun and a little bit more mm -hmm. Like, oh, we have to do this. And then we would sit down and neither of us would yeah. speak very well. So we kind of, you know, had these moments yeah. where we're like, okay, we need to remember. We need the creativity. Yeah, we need to remember that this is like a fun thing that we do for ourselves. Yeah. And we definitely have had yeah. moments where we've kind of gotten in our own way in terms of like, oh, we should talk about this or we should do this or we should be having this thing. And then we're like, no, like, screw that. We're just going to do what Let's we just do. do what we want. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I agree. And of course, if you're doing that every week, you, you need the time to actually go out and experience things and do still travel. And if you're stressing at home about not having an interview or writing some questions open, then it's just, you're not going to give a good quality out. Yeah. And I think another kind of another angle on something that was challenging getting started is just getting, getting used to like being, having it be okay for yourself to just like put your opinions out there into the world in this way that's really like permanent and concrete. I think when we started, we both felt like a lot of nerves and resistance when we would do an episode about like why we were traveling and feel like, oh, I hope our friends don't feel like we're criticizing them or all these other thoughts that would come to your mind. And it takes a while before you realize that one, you know, a lot of your friends aren't going to listen to it yeah. and probably won't <laughs> care about that stuff. But two, it doesn't matter. Like, you got to be honest and truthful. And then if that causes problems, like, those are good yeah. problems to have. And for us, it never really did. But I think, it, exactly. you know, those first maybe three months, five months of putting that episode every single week, I think it would be, it would just feel so much harder to, like, sit down and get our energy up and decide on a topic and fight through the resistance to get it going before it became like a habit and before we got to the point of like oh yeah we can make a podcast like anybody can this is a natural flow of thought that people might be interested in yeah, yeah versus that like oh who am i to you know put my thoughts <laughs> out there and do all this stuff yeah it is an interesting thing to battle it's like this this sense of ego that you have to come over i remember saying something to leanne early on of, before we even released an episode of like okay once we get these out there you know we don't know who might find these and they're going to have full right just to come and write us an awful review and just tear <laughs> us apart. Are you ready for something like that to possibly happen? And just kind of like having those premature thoughts of who knows where this could go, but there's, there's a lot of haters. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't had any yet, luckily. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've, we've had our fair share of them. And the first time I ever went on, I, I just stopped checking iTunes reviews to be quite honest. Cause I feel like it's like the people who like yeah. the show send us an email and the people who hate the show leave a one-star rating and an atrocious review. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> the first time I ever read one, I was like, 
I almost like cried. I was so like hurt by it. You guys know, I mean, you spend so much time and effort and you're trying to be, you know, honest and authentic and and share your opinions and share your experiences with the world. And then somebody turns around and says like the most horrible stuff ever that they would never, ever dare say to your face because, you know, that's how we are in the online world. And then keyboard warriors. Yeah. And then yeah, and then we just kind of were like, I mean, Ryan, Ryan was very much like, fuck that. And I was sort of like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's just a reminder that like not everybody's going to like what you have to say. Not everybody's going to exactly. like you and that's okay. So Ryan, why don't you kind of give us a little bit of a insight into where you guys are currently, what you're doing and uh, what kind of brought you there? Yeah, so as of this moment, we're actually in Guadalajara, Mexico. So we have, I guess, there's a, a couple, I don't know how long back I, I want to go here because it could unravel into a gigantic monologue, but <laughs> we went to Mexico City and really just fell in love with Mexico. So that experience of having an apartment there, getting to know that one city also allowed us to travel around a bunch, travel to different cities, different parts of Mexico. And we really found it just a country that one is really, you know, people are really friendly. It's uh, really welcoming. The food's amazing. It's really affordable. And there's just a ton of stuff to do. We've spent over a year here at this point and haven't, there's so many places on our list of places to travel, but we kind of fell in love with Mexico and the past couple winters have been coming back, hopping back between Canada and Mexico. And so this time, instead of Mexico City, we decided on Guadalajara and we actually got here on two days ago. On Thursday. Okay. On, on oh, Thursday, wow. So. so just quite recently then. Nice. <laughs> got here on Thursday and we uh, found a cool apartment, found a cool little co-working space, and we're going to be here for two months. Um, yeah. Nice. How's your Spanish? It's, it's coming along. <laughs> <laughs> that hesitation. <laughs> yeah, definitely not fluent yet, yeah. but working towards that. But we... We both studied Spanish in high school. We went to different high schools, grew up in different provinces and stuff like that. So we learned this like very Canadian Spanish. And then we went to Spain on that first trip in 2011. And I was like, oh, yeah, hablo espanol. And then (laughs) just did not. Like a menu would come in Spanish and I'd be like, oh, is there an English menu? And then Oh, crap. (laughs) You felt so prepared. (laughs) Okay, pollo. Whatever says pollo, pollo is chicken. And I know I like chicken. Uh, and it was very humbling yeah. and challenging. And so the next time we were traveling, like going for South, going to South America, we, we tried a little harder to learn mm-hmm. Spanish beforehand and then made a very active effort to actually yeah. take Spanish lessons in every country that we were in. And so that really got like our baseline of Spanish up. And then between living in Mexico City for a year and then traveling to Latin America mm-hmm. the last couple of years, we're definitely like, probably intermediate to advanced like we can do everything we need to do in Spanish that's awesome because it's, it's so hard it's so frustrating at first and um, do either of you speak French no <laughs> yeah so well I, I learned French and um, actually last summer I was working in Montreal and um, I really tried so hard to just speak French all the time and obviously the Quebecois French was so different um, and that's probably something you found with um, Spain from Spain and then Mexican Spanish or La- Latin American Spanish. It just has these differences and 
it's hit listening to the accents and the different words it's, it can be very challenging kind of yeah, yeah it was even mexican spanish is pretty easy to understand they speak a really nice spanish in my opinion here and then we went to we went to panama while we were living in mexico city and i was like oh my spanish is getting so good and then we get to panama and it's like you know completely different accent they use different <laughs> verbs in different ways and i was like oh man it's just like kind of hits your ego a little bit where you're like oh maybe i don't speak spanish <laughs> yeah that's Absolutely. good no it's so true so life as a digital nomad what's everyday life like for you guys yeah that's a great question so life life i guess is probably different for every digital nomad but for us we really try to get some sort of sense of routine when we're in a place for a longer period of time. And after lots of trial and error over the last couple of years, we figured out that having some sort of space where we can go and work is really helpful. Um, we did lots of lots of different Airbnbs and different cafes and stuff when we were in Asia a couple of years ago, hopping around, and we just found we were happiest when we had a space. So it's like we go there we go to work for the day and then we can leave at the end of the day. So that's something that we always do is have a co-working space. So that's where we're talking to you yeah. guys from right now is a co-working space in Guadalajara. And we usually like to either get like a yoga membership or a gym membership so that we're still having an exercise routine. Um, but basically it kind of is like a normal day at home, except we get to be in a cool place. So we wake up in the morning, we come to the co-working space, yeah. we do some work, we usually go for lunch and then come back, do a little bit more work, go exercise and then go out for dinner and do something fun in the evenings. And then usually try to have like a couple days off a week to yeah. do more exploration type stuff and experience wherever we are. Yeah. Yeah, so it's and it cool not, stuff. not that it's actually yeah. not that glamorous, <laughs> but it's pretty cool. Like you get to do your regular work and then you get to leave and, you know, have street tacos or go to like a cool place for margaritas or something like that. Yeah. Instead of sitting at home and watching a TV show, you can go and explore like a local a local spot and meet different people and different characters and things like that. Yeah, although I I would be remiss if I didn't say that we do get our fair share of Netflix time in. Oh yeah, well, it's very important. <laughs> I'm a movie geek, so I'm insisting all the time to Corey, like, oh, can we watch a movie? <laughs> I need it, you know. Um, and finding work, how's that? Like, yeah, that's kind of one of the questions I think of is the chicken or the egg type thing. Did you guys have skills that led you to a an easy transition into being digital nomads or was it like we want to do this so let's go acquire the skills needed to do it yeah it was kind of i guess definitely wasn't option one and really wasn't really option number two either i guess you could say it was like we happily kind of like stumbled our way into opportunities <laughs> so yeah, that was our vision, right? Like we had this idea of like, okay, we want to work remotely. And at that point, I remember the first time I met someone who worked remotely it was on that first trip in 2011. It was someone who was a computer programmer who had read four hour work week and he was in Switzerland uh, doing his work for an American company. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. But I, at that point I was yeah. like, well, I, I don't know. I don't know how to program. Like I don't have any skills that I could do that. That's just not an option for me. And I kind of felt like that in when we first made that move in 2014 away from our corporate jobs we really didn't like have a, a plan of like okay we're gonna you know become like coders and have like this boot camp like a rocky montage of digital nomadism <laughs> yeah but our idea at that point in time was like okay we're gonna 
do this for a while and then probably go teach English in China because for us that was one concrete mm -hmm. way we knew we could combine traveling with making some money with the skill we had. Yeah. We actually never got there. Yeah. We uh, were in Canmore and I heard or kind of learned about this, I guess, kind of two things. One, um, it was a, a nonprofit that I was a big fan of. And two was a company called Praxis, which does apprenticeships for kind of career professional development. And uh, I had learned about them and they had an opportunity with this nonprofit that I was a fan of. And I was like, oh, I'll just apply for this and see what happens because it was a job in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and I got it. So I got in, was able to get a work visa and we moved to Georgia. And at that point in time, um, just for, for Amanda, you know, she, not having a work visa, she was kind of put in this place of like needing to find a way to make money online because that was the only option. Yeah. And for mm -hmm. me, it was that experience kind of led me to gain some skills, which allowed me to have more opportunities after. And so after that experience, we decided that, okay, this is the time to make the jump. We're going to go to Asia. We're going to live and work as nomads. And we both had savings to kind of buffer us. But I started doing, I was actually doing kind of contract coach editing for other podcasts. Yeah, for sure. So like Ryan said, he got a work visa. I didn't have one. And we were kind of in this situation where it's like, okay, I either come to Atlanta as a tourist in the US or I stay in Canada and continue working for, I was working for Lululemon at the time. Lululemon couldn't transfer me to the US because I was just in like a retail sales role. And that's not how the work visas work between Canada and America, unfortunately. But it was like, a good thing because I would have just continued working for Lulu. Like it would have been really easy for me. I was making good money. Um, would have stayed in your rhythm though, yeah. as opposed to mixing up a bit. Yeah, exactly. And so I was also working doing studio management for a yoga studio that's in Canmore. And I had been working for them for, I guess, about a year and a half at that point. And the studio owner and I are, are still quite close. And he was sort of like, well, I don't really want you to leave the studio. And I was like, yeah, like, I don't want to leave the studio either. And he's like, can we figure out how to do this where like you do your job from Atlanta? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm totally down with that. And so that was kind of like the first remote thing that I had. And then I spent a lot of my time while I was in Atlanta, like high pressure. Like I've just jumped in. Like I don't have, I can't get a job there. Cause I like, nobody can hire me cause I don't have a visa mm -hmm. and all I have is this like studio management income coming in. And so I was like, I need to figure out how to make more money. And so I started teaching yoga online. I created another podcast um, started like building up the world wanders a little bit more and just started developing my skills in whatever way that I could. So that when we got to Asia, it was like, okay, I'm starting to form more of this picture of what it looks like to work full time remotely. One of the things I think that is worth mentioning is that people, I think, sometimes have this like skewed view of like, oh, you know, travel is so expensive and you have to make so much money to do that. But one of the reasons we went to Asia is because it's way cheaper to live in Asia. So we had this opportunity where we could live for so much less than we could in Canada or the U.S., which gave us the chance, like it, it lets your money go so much further. So we were able to make less money, build up more opportunities, build up more skills um, in order to 
start making more money while living more affordably, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. 100%. And that's one of the things that I think that we talk about because Leanne, obviously, being from England, me being a U.S. citizen, you guys being Canadian, we're, we're so fortunate to have this opportunity to be able to think about being digital nomads compared to the vast majority of the rest of the world who doesn't. And you kind of, I, there's parts of me that feel guilty being, you know, going and doing it and living the way that I want to because I have the freedom and the ability to make that choice versus all these people that don't or feeling like I should do this for the people who can't do it. And it's like this battle that I've had my whole travel life of like, man, there's a certain amount of guilt because this person that I just met who's amazing is just trapped in this town in Guatemala um, and they can't get out and I'm just going to like meet them for a week and then carry on. And it's just been this really interesting mindset. And as we start to like think about, okay, we're going to try and spend the next few years here just traveling and trying to build this podcast and just seeing where it takes us we have the privilege to be able to do that. And like, I just, I try to just hold on to that gratitude every day just because I think it's so important to remember that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's like, you know, when you come from a more developed country and you hold a passport that really, you know, gives you the freedom to go almost anywhere in the world and you see other people who don't have those opportunities, it is kind of like, you know, who made this decision? Like, why do, why do I get this? And they, they don't type thing, um, which definitely like can make you feel all sorts of, all sorts of things, but yeah. The range. Yeah. 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 And definitely guilt is, is one of them, but yeah, I think it's even like living in Mexico, you know, it's like we moved to Mexico city, we can afford a really nice new apartment in a really nice neighborhood there. That's way, way cheaper than anything we could get in a nice, you know, city in Canada. And you know, people we talk to who are local are like, whoa, like you pay so much for rent, like your co-working space is so much. And I'm like, this isn't a lot of money, especially when it's you're so cheap. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially when you're making Canadian or US dollars yeah. as your income. And then it kind of, I don't know, it gives you kind of these like weird feelings about like, you know, who am I to do this? And yeah. is it okay that I'm doing this and all this yeah. stuff? But then I kind of come back to like, okay, you know, I get to be in this country means I get yeah. to give my dollars back into their economy. Like I get to support the small business that's, you know, creating amazing, making exactly. amazing like corn on the street or that yeah. makes these amazing tacos. Like I get to be here supporting that business. Yeah. You're that. giving back to that local economy, um, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. And um, so I'm going to line up a little bit. After I've just finished my IAC in Canada, which for those who don't know, it's the two-year working holiday visa, um, I already miss seasons. I've been in the States for two weeks. I miss a season. <laughs> Is there anything that you guys miss from home? Caesars. <laughs> yeah, they're so good. I, you know, I've, I kind of scoffed at them on my first day. I remember my Canadian friend Haley. she took me to a bar and said, try this. And I was like, wow, Clamato juice? Disgusting. <laughs> I mean, now I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny because I feel like it's always really mixed between, because we, like I worked in Banff for a number of years. So lots of my friends there were British, Australian, and it's like they either love it or they exactly. hate it. Like they're either like this tastes like cold tomato soup with vodka in it, or it's like the best thing ever. And I'm definitely on team, like best thing ever. So 
it's always like one of the first things I consume when I get back to Canada. And one of the last things I consume before I leave Canada is like a really good Caesar. <laughs> as soon as you get to the airport, as soon as you leave. <laughs> it's interesting because what the first weekend that, um, or the first week, I guess that we met, we had a couple of days in Vancouver and Leanne ran out to go to something that she couldn't get in Whistler. And I was sitting at this bar and I was, she texts me and is like, Hey, we order me a Caesar. And I was like, it's like 10 a.m. Why does she want a Caesar salad? But I like tried to order a Caesar salad. And the, the waitress, fortunately, was privy to my my dunce cap and was yeah. just like, uh, I think she wants a like a Caesar drink. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but let's just get both. <laughs> yeah, right. I was actually like, what is the Caesar salad? <laughs> oh well, at least he got both. He tried. <laughs> Comes back to like a yeah full Caesar salad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think that's one of a. There actually is like surprisingly few things, and I think that's part part of it is just like the world we live in now. Uh, if you're in a major city, you can get so many things that you can get in other cities. So we we're able to like fill those needs. Like, there's actually a really really good sushi restaurant here in Guadalajara, probably our favorite sushi that we've had mm-hmm. in Mexico. So we're able to like tick that off. But I think for me, in a little bit more abstract way, I think there's part of me, and I think Amanda, this is probably true for her, that like really likes a lot of things about the culture in mm-hmm. Canada. So it's, it's you know, there's a lot of order. The air is like crisp and clean, uh, especially where we're living, like you can go hiking. And so, yeah. and there's part of me that really loves like chaos. Um, mm-hmm. And so being in Mexico City, right, it's a place, or, or even Guadalajara, tons of people, tons of stuff to do, but the streets are kind of like wonky, like you'll walk up the sidewalk and things are broken and there's people yeah. doing all sorts of things. Like we saw a guy with his like dick out pissing <laughs> on the street yesterday. As you do, you gotta go, you gotta go, you know? Yeah. So like, I need to flip a switch because like, yeah, when, when you get back to Mexico for the first time in a while, especially after being in Canada where it's like people stop and like let through doors or like you approach a line and it's yeah. very like everyone's very aware of, okay, who Super all friendly. is in line here? <laughs> and here it's like, okay, if you leave too much space in line, someone might take that, you know, yeah. someone might cut you off while you're pedestrian, people aren't going to move, you know, people might be pissing on the street, yeah. see a dong. <laughs> but it's like, I need to flip that switch and be like, okay, this is like chaos yeah. mode, like I need I'm to back. just embrace the fun and excitement that comes with yeah. it. Well, that's nice that you get to experience both regularly. Yeah, yeah, there's, I, I think there's pros and cons to both, right? Like I, every time I get back to Canada, I'm always so like breathing in the, all the air and I'm just like, love all the order and how polite and nice people are but then it's like you go driving and like the speed limits are so ridiculous and cops are pulling people over for like going five kilometers over and i just get so angry about that we come here and it's like there's just utter like chaos yeah. on the road god i love driving in those countries yeah it's, my it's favorite. so much better so <laughs> i feel like it's the way that it should be because it's all just like let's all just be really aggressive and, <laughs> but and, not get pissed off with each like, other. The horn is actually more of a warning than something that's just like hating on people. Yeah. Yeah, there's just like a degree. It's kind of funny, but like in in Canada, I think in the states too. But it depends where you go. Um, but the degree of like sensitivity and like ability to be offended, like here in Mexico, we take yeah. you know Ubers all over the place. No one ever gets like offended if someone cuts them off because that's you know that's no. the expectation. Like that's how you get around. Like there's no there's certain intersections yeah. where you just go through them. There's no like lights or stop signs mm-hmm. or right of ways. You just got to like get through. And so no one's going to get, a no one takes it personally. Yeah, no one's going to be fingering each other, like road raging. They're just going to like find their yeah. way through the crowd. Where... Outside of some uh, random flashings or anything like that, what's the funniest or craziest thing you guys have seen so far in Mexico? 
this is not on this trip, but our trip when we were in Mexico City, we had a, a sort of funny encounter that's sort of similar to the dong out on the street. But we, so I was really apprehensive <laughs> about trying to live in Mexico City. And so we booked an Airbnb for three weeks and we're like, okay, that'll be a good enough time to tell, like, do we want to stay here? Do we want to go somewhere else? And within the first week, I was like, all my apprehensions gone. Like, I love this city. Like, yes, let's definitely stay. So we look for an apartment and uh, we go view one. It's amazing. We agree on like a six month lease. And so we're walking from our Airbnb to like sign our lease and give our cash deposit for this. Like we verbally agreed to it. Mm -hmm. And as we're walking, we see like a pair of pants in the street with like poop in them and like a piece of cardboard that's lying beside them that's kind of been like used to to try and wipe clearly and it's like right in the middle of like a nice street <laughs> in a nice area of Mexico City and like clearly it showed on my face and this woman walking the other direction in English goes welcome to Mexico and I was like is this a sign for me you know? <laughs> hey that, that spicy food will get you you know yeah, no, spicy no. food will get you <laughs> from the universe that we like shouldn't sign this lease right now like what is like what is the universe trying to it's tell like you? your last warning yeah <laughs> or it's a sign saying it's okay if you're gonna shit your pants <laughs> yeah it's fine <laughs> it's outside of birth it's a you very know? comfortable neighborhood exactly <laughs> yeah we just like kind of looked at each other and like had a laugh we're like okay welcome to mexico welcome i guess home. and we never ever <laughs> saw anything that crazy or strange That's or had right. any weird experiences like after that wow. it was just this sort yeah. of like okay this is your last chance if you don't want to live here like this is your chance to like get <laughs> out is, now you can't take this shit literally yeah and get out <laughs> that's funny it's for the bruni of the people who are like ready to go with like oh why are you hating on mexico um itunes reviews we love it like obviously that's why we keep coming back and in mexico city especially there's huge sections yeah. of yeah, the city that are just beautiful like um, and people, I think it's one of those things where people who've been to Mexico City, who've spent time there, love it. And people who haven't kind of are like, oh, why do you go there? Because, yeah, it's beautiful. There's like huge colonial areas yeah. of the city, super, super green, so many flowers and beautiful trees and parks and squares and amazing food and restaurant and nice things all over the place to do and see. And people are so friendly and welcoming. And then there just is that like kind of. Yeah, there's just yeah. a level of like weirdness that goes on around all these places that you don't see other places, but that's part of what makes it kind of interesting and enjoyable. Gotta accept it. I think that there's this like false sense of security that people get in their in their domestic more domestic settings, and uh, when you go, you're just you're you're more exposed to it in a raw way, and um, so it just can hit you a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. But it is around you. I, I think it's around everybody. Yeah. Yeah, and we spent a couple months living in downtown Vancouver this spring. And honestly, there's more like crazy, weird people on the streets there than there is in Mexico City. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in East Hastings. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's, that scares me. <laughs> um, so I've been reading up on your guys' blog, like I mentioned earlier. And um, so I've, I left home in 2014. So I've been, you know, going in and out of working holiday visas and traveling and whatnot and one thing that I noticed or like a, a particular blog that stood out to me was um, how your travel style has changed which I found super interesting because I noticed the same thing with me I, at first I was like stopping off in all of these like the cheapest possible hostel you know I was traveling by myself for most of the time and I love meeting people so like cheapest hostel I'd go to and you know I wouldn't spend as much time in a place 
Um, but now I've noticed I, I go slightly, I spend slightly more for my comfort just because I am on the road a lot. And also I've noticed that I spend a lot of more time everywhere. So usually like a month is like my minimum somewhere. I, I really enjoy it. You get to know the place, the locals, you get to see what a place is about. Um, I'm interested to see how you guys will progress in the future. Just reading through your blogs, I'm like, okay, what are they going to do next? What are some future plans that you have in store? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And also really cool to hear that you've had similar experiences. Um, We've sort of talked about how, like, our podcast doesn't really have a niche outside of travel because it's sort of just been, like, this travel diary starting from, like, 22-year-old backpackers who were, like, full moon party and you know what heart what hostel yeah. has the best like party reviews to like okay yeah. what airbnb can we stay in with like a nice workspace <laughs> like, no street noise yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah um but yeah so for us we are in mexico for two months and then we're heading down to costa rica for about a month and then we're actually going to go down to panama yeah. and test out panama sort of like a home outside of canada we want to get an apartment similar to what we did in mexico city and spend like three to six months there and see how we like it there it's pretty easy as canadians to get permanent residency there so we're sort of like on the hunt for somewhere that could be more of a base that's outside of Canada. Like we have Canmore. Canmore is sort of like our home when we are home in Canada. But, you know, as you would know, yeah, as you would know, Leanne, from living there, living in Whistler for two years, Canada gets really cold and it's really dark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's really long and we spent a lot of years doing that. So we're kind of going to continue this long. like not being home in the winter for at least a little longer, I think. Um, but sort of looking for somewhere else that could maybe to be, be determined. Yeah, maybe be our base. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the nice open mindset of a traveler too, right? Yeah. Is it's like let's let's loosely plan some stuff, but at the same time, who knows who we might meet, what opportunities might come to just be able to say yes to and and go try that. And yeah. that, what you guys sound like that I love is you're not afraid to just. I've always had this mantra in my head of like the only um, failure is not trying. So going and doing it and finding out that it's not something that appeals to you isn't a failure. It's just setting yourself in a different direction. The only failure in my eyes would be to be like, I want to go do this, but I don't ever end up doing it. Yeah, I love that. And I I definitely relate to that a lot. I feel like I've definitely had, like I, I kind of experienced this, like I said before, in corporate world where I was just like, this is not what, like, I just can't do this until I'm like 65. Like, it just feels like the world is so big and there's so many people to meet and so many experiences to have. And I just feel like, yeah, it's like, we've just got to go do those things that kind of excite us. So yeah, it's like, I mean, living in Mexico was scary the first time we did it. And now it feels very much like a second home for us. And, you know, the idea of like finding Mm -hmm. an apartment in Panama is a little bit uncertain, but I feel like we've done this enough now that it's like we have this trust in our ability to do these things that we want to do, which is really cool. So, yeah. I think people who don't travel as much and have more of like a stable life where they're doing, you know, a couple weeks of vacation a year might imagine like, okay, if you're kind of always going to places on the move, you've like, you know, you want to go less places because you've been to all those places. But I feel like it actually kind of works the opposite where once you've gone places you like learn more about the things that are there and then you want to go to more places so for us as well it's like 
oh, we want to go to Africa at some point. We haven't been back to Europe since 2011. We haven't really been to Eastern Europe or there's so many things that we want to find time to go and do. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's, I think it's one of like the fun parts and one of the things that's kind of just nice on a day-to-day basis about this lifestyle is that, you know, we get to sit down for dinner, have a glass of wine and talk about like, Oh, what do you want to do two months from now? Or like, Oh, where should we go? Like, what if we did this? What if we did that? There's so many, so much options and flexibility that you can just like play with in your mind that has value in, in and of itself, which is really cool. Yep. I definitely agree with that. You know, it sounds like, you guys are on a pretty fun path and it, it, it it's there's got to be a certain amount of comfort that comes from the amount of work that you've put into getting to where you are now so i think that we can definitely applaud you for that and um you know as we kind of just get started on this journey ourselves we're um you know we're we're learning from you guys we're listening we're reading your stuff and that's where i want to give you guys got a lot going on i want to give you the opportunity to send out some plugs so that anybody that might listen to this on our end can uh, find you guys and, and all the cool stuff you're up to. Thank you so much. And yeah, it's, it's cool being able to connect with you guys and meet people that are doing something similar. Um, yeah, if you guys want to learn more about us, travel specific is the world wanders. So it's the world We're the world wanders on all major podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google play, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we both have personal websites as well. So if you want to learn more about me, it's amandakingsmith.com. If you like yoga, you can check out my website, check out my other podcast. It's called Mastering the Business of Yoga. Yeah, you can find up, see some of the stuff I'm writing about and other projects I'm working on at ryanaferguson.com. That's fantastic, guys. We really appreciate your time. So excited for your journeys and to keep up with them. And um so we're on the we're leaving this week on Wednesday for um, Bali. We're going to be heading over to India, Bali, Indonesia. We're we're about to go do another tour through Asia. Eat some good food for us and have an amazing time. And yeah, definitely would love for our paths to cross at some point. I'm sure. I feel like it's inevitable with travelers at some point. A yeah. lot of times, it's just in some random jeep in Bolivia, and you're like, hey. I know you. I know your face. I recognize that voice. (laughs) Guys, thank you so much. Have a great rest of your week. And um, we'll be in touch when this is going to go out. I think it's probably going to be next Monday. We're kind of doing the same thing every other Monday. So uh, we'll just let you know. Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, safe travels to you guys. We're excited to continue following your journey. Yeah, you too. Good luck. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So thank you, Ryan and Amanda of the World Wonders. And um, you guys don't forget to check us out at www.smallworldspodcast.com or on our Instagram, Small World Podcast. We are deep into our travels at this point, going to be spending about the next seven months through Southeast Asia and Nepal and India. So subscribe and keep up with us and um we'll keep on bringing you good stuff and you know what go and check out their podcast it's good they've been doing it for five years they've got loads of episodes on anywhere that you could probably imagine you'd want to go and um rate review and subscribe to them and to us have yourselves a wonderful day bye